It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I will introduce my guest shortly, and I promise this is going to be a lot of fun, as it usually is. It's going to be great. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I usually do this every single week. And before I forget, this episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills and without downloading an app. Try it free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. When you face an adverse situation, there are usually two responses to choose from. One choice is to exercise fear. The other is to exercise your faith. When we choose fear, we're actually focusing on what we are afraid of, the things that can go wrong, and the things that we don't have. However, when we choose faith, we are focusing on hope as well as the things that can go right and the things that are working in our favor already. Clearly, one choice is a lot better than the other. So ask yourself this week, are you focusing on fear of what can go wrong or are you focusing on faith, which brings about hope and favor? Think about that today. And I promise that if you choose faith, it will be richly rewarded. And before I forget, if you've not picked up my latest book, it's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2. It is a collection of some of the best interviews I've had on Success Profiles Radio over the years. And it's on Amazon right now. In fact, the Kindle version is still 99 cents. You can't even shake a stick at that. And the paperback version is available as well. Get that today on Amazon. My very special guest this week is Jeff Timmons. Let me tell you about him. Jeff Timmons is the founding member of the internationally acclaimed multi-platinum Grammy-nominated group selling group 98 Degrees, which has sold over 15 million albums with four top five radio singles. After a successful 98 Degrees, he embarked on his solo career by touring with Jim Brickman and the 2013 blockbuster package tour with 98 Degrees, along with New Kids on the Block and Boys to Men, sold out arenas in every city they visited, and it was the highest grossing tour of that year. In November that year, Jeff took his project Men of the Strip on a 42-city sold-out club tour, which caught the attention of the E-Network, who subsequently filled a docu-movie chronologically the cast. Last Christmas, 98 Degrees headlined his Christmas tour in support of their second Christmas album, selling out shows everywhere across the country. We have so much to unwrap during the show today, so here we are with my very special guest, Jeff Timmons. Jeff, how are you today? I'm great, Brian. Thanks for coming on. I'm honored, and uh, that's quite the intro. I really really appreciate it. You're so very welcome. So, Here's what I want to ask first. Did you envision early in your life that you would be where you are right now? You know what? I, I don't think I envisioned it. I, you know, always had sort of a knack for the arts. I'm from a very small town in Ohio that is it's world renowned, believe it or not, as a as a football hub. So, you know, the arts, well, well, it wasn't discouraged. It wasn't cool. You know, so 
uh, you know, I, I sort of fell into singing and, and musicals and plays and speech and debate and all that stuff always came easy, but I was trying to be cool. I was trying to be a football player. So while that stuff came naturally to me, no, I never expected that I would be sitting here being able to enjoy a, a, a job where I get to be creative every day. And uh, so I'm thank very thankful for it. But I felt like it could happen and I felt like it was easy, but, you know, I, I never expected that it really would. Yeah. And that was my life in high school, too, except for the part about being good in sports. <laughs> I wasn't wasn't good in sports, but I was pretty good at all the rest. So I appreciate all of that. So let me ask, how did your career start with you? I mean, what was life like before 98 Degrees and how did you guys find each other? You know, I, while I was really, really great in, 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 in uh, high school and grade school with regards to, you know, my education, when I got to college, I went to play football. And, of course, I wasn't very good at it. You said you weren't good at it. Well, I wasn't good at it either. So I just kept trying at, trying at it. And I bounced around from school to school and really wasn't into college besides the scene. You know, I loved being away from home and, you know, getting to be, you know, party and be around girls and all that stuff. But the educational part, I just didn't have the attention for it. And uh, I was on my fourth school and I was about to graduate finally uh, to, to my parents' joy <laughs> yes. you know, after four colleges and, and just was at a party and you know some girls were there and they were talking about how these guys impressed them singing and I just took four of my friends that I went to high school with and I actually ended up you know reconnecting with them in college and we parted out a, a four-part harmony song to you know a doo-wop song to the song my girl and sang it for them and they loved it and thought we were cool and so I, that was it for me I was like I'm done with school I'm, I have a quarter left I don't even have a semester left before I graduate but I was like I, I need to do this for a living it, it's you know it's always come my way so uh, dropped out of school and then, you know, drove to L.A. There was no Internet at that time with right. regards to, uh, you know, resources like YouTube and Instagram or any of the social media uh, outlets. So we, you actually had to go to L.A. or or New York or Nashville to pursue this. So we went to L.A. and uh, those guys ultimately quit the group uh, and missed home. And I decided to stick with it and met someone else that went to school with Nick Lachey out in L.A. and heard Nick's voice on tape and sort of coaxed him and recruited him to come out and join my group. And we started it together. And then he brought his brother and uh, their good friend, Justin. And that's how we got started. And we just kicked it around LA and sang for our supper, literally yeah. uh, until we got discovered at a boys to men concert who were our idols. Wow. So I just want to ask when you guys sang together for the first time, was it really magical? I know that when Crosby, Stills and Nash got together, they got together, sang with each other and the very first moment they started singing, they realized, oh, my gosh, we have something really amazing here. Was that your situation, too? Well, well yeah. I mean, it's interesting you say that because not everybody can sing in harmony together. It's it's right. it's, it's it, there's a certain amount of difficulty to it. But, you know, the, the first group I started with, that's what got me uh, gave me the bug. The first time we sang at that party in college, it just rang. And I'm like, whoa, this sounds better than any quartet or doo-wop group or choir I had been in growing up. So I was like, this sounds really special. And those guys, I, I thought, sounded special. And then, you know, when Nick joined the group, uh, his the guy that introduced me to him was a member with me. And it was myself. And then my brother had joined uh, for a short period of time. And it was Nick and this other guy. And... I just knew that Nick and my voice, uh, we, we sort of had a nice blend, but it wasn't until his brother Drew joined after these guys quit, my brother quit, and then this other guy quit, and then Justin joined. Then we thought, wow, that now it's uh, really has a really nice uh, sound to it, and it's a true quartet, and we could do a lot of things with our voices, and uh, it had a nice ring to it that I thought was really, really special. So, 
That's wonderful. Are you guys glad you started when you did? I mean, can you imagine how different your career might have unfolded with social media? Well, I'm one of those guys, when you were talking about faith in your intro, you know, I, I have a lot of faith in, in things, and I just think that things happen for a reason. I don't know that we would be popular uh, if we had all the social media, or if we would have, you know, we sort of had blind faith that we were going to be great. There wasn't all this competition, you know, on the internet that, uh, with millions of people that can sing, and, you know, certainly when you look around, a lot of those people out there are polished and sound amazing. I don't know whether we would have got discouraged. We just had this blind faith we would be great, so I don't know uh, what the trajectory would have been at all. Or we might have been even bigger with social media. It's hard to say, but I think it happened when it did, and I'm glad it happened when it did and how it did. And while I, I covet some of the resources people have to get out there and become viral with, with what they've got going on, I also don't uh, envy them with how, how you know complex things are and how your personal space can get invaded and how com competitive the landscape seems to be. Absolutely. And it seems like blowing it up in any industry is a combination and an intersection of talent and marketing. Do you think talent is more important than marketing or do you think it's the other way around? I, you know, look, having been in a very well marketed group and having been not well marketed in the beginning of it, seeing both sides of the coin, I think it's a little bit of both. And then I think, you know, one of the other factors that you might have left out is the hard work, right? So yes. I think that you got to have the hard work. You can have all the. I've brought, come across so many more people that are much more talented and gifted than we were, but we worked way, way harder. And, and mm. we just didn't expect that any of it would come to us. We, we had to go out there and get it. So that was part of it. But then look, uh, you know, we had the talent and we were working hard. And our record label, Motown, wanted to hide our, 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 our pictures. They wanted people to think we were a black group, an urban group at first. So they, they didn't put our pictures on anything and they discouraged. Uh, the marketing department for, for showing visuals for us. And while we had a hit song at radio, nobody knew who we were. And then yeah. the next day, you know, uh, a new regime comes into the label and the guy says, well, look, you know, there's the Backstreet Boys out there. There's the NSYNC out there. And these guys, you know, are just as good, if not better vocally. We've got great material on them, but we need to put their pictures on everything. And then overnight, you know, getting on shows like TRL and MTV and Disney, you know, we couldn't, you know, we couldn't get out of our car after that or out of our houses. So, uh, you know, I absolutely see the marketing aspect of it. I think, unfortunately, uh, talent is the, I think talent is the, you know, sort of second or third on the totem pole with regards mm. to success. And that's just the facts. I mean, marketing is definitely number one and the resources to get yourself out there and that power. Then I would say the hard work and work ethic that goes along with that. And then I'd say, hey, uh, if you're talented along with, you know, having a great look and a great uh, marketability and, uh, and and working hard, uh, well, that's a, that's a nice bonus. Yeah, absolutely. What was your big aha moment? When did you realize that this actually is going to work? You know, look, I, I felt it from the beginning, but, you know, what it really, really hit me was after we had worked really hard for a while and been on the record label for a couple of years, struggling to get them to see our vision. I think when I was in Los Angeles and, and heard our first single on the radio for the first time, that's when I was like, wow, this is great. You know, we, we're, we're making it. You know, I, I never said we've made it, but I was like, we, we're, we're on our way. Wow. Surreal moment, I'm sure, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I can remember it like it was yesterday. And I've, I've been fortunate enough to have a, a number of those moments. And, and those are always great experiences that you, you know, cherish and you never forget. Absolutely. We've got about a minute and a half to our first break. What do you think is the biggest challenge you guys had getting started? 
Uh, I think it's just a matter of getting everybody to, to share the same vision that we had with regards to the music and and uh, understand what we were trying to do. A lot of people, you know, were looking at certain comparables. At, at the time we got signed, they wanted us to be really urban, and we wanted to just be ourselves. And so it took a while for that. Absolutely. We are with Jeff Timmons this week, my very special guest, and he is the founding member of 98 Degrees. We're going to explore 98 Degrees, his career in that a little bit more. We'll discuss his entrepreneurial interests outside of 98 Degrees because he's got a lot going on and you just can't keep a man like this down. So we're going to talk about all of that when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio, and I'll tell you what, we're going to talk about how they got signed to Motown and what a great family family that is. And we're going to talk about collaborating and we're going to talk about the business side of music when we come back with all of that. This is Success Profiles Radio. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Jeff Timmons, and we are exploring his career inside of 98 Degrees and his career outside of 98 Degrees. And if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please do that. You can hear every episode we've ever done. And I had episode number 400 just a couple of weeks ago. So proud of that. And the nine-year anniversary episode will be coming up on January 18th. Don't miss it. So, Jeff, I want to ask you about 98 Degrees. Who were your musical inspirations to get involved with music? Oh, man, the, the list is so long. Uh, it, you know, of course, we loved all the doo-wop and four-part harmony groups, five-part harmony groups, like the traditional Motown acts, the, you know, the, the, the Temptations, the Four Tops. and and. Uh, but we're also from the Midwest in Ohio where classic rock was the rage. So, yes. so it, you know, the, uh, the Bostons and Eagles and Journeys of the World, those guys that could really belt it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and have all those harmonies, you know, infused in there. And then, you know, groups like the commission. And of course, you know, the, our, our biggest one that influenced me that really got me yeah, really excited about being in a group like this or creating a group like this was boys to men. And it was oh, yeah. great for us to finally tour with them so many years later. It was wonderful sharing a label with them, but also getting to tour with them. It was like a dream for me. I was <laughs> every night we were on tour. I was like, backstage like watching their show they probably thought i was a stalker and crazy but it was like a it was a it was like something coming into fruition that you could only just dream of absolutely and you got to sign with motown that's a really big deal what was it like being in the motown family 
It was interesting. I mean, it was a little different than we expected because, you know, tr traditionally the Motown history was like Barry Gordy, right? And, yes. And all, and all those guys and Gerald Busby, which was that sort of family that wrote together and produced together. And, but, you know, by the time we had gotten signed to the Motown was sort of in a, in a slump and, and, you know, undergoing a big transition. Uh, and they had, you know, uh, Gerald Busby had left and Barry Gordy was long gone. And here they had ushered in Andre Harrell, who just passed last year, sadly, uh, and Andre had, you know, developed the Uptown Records label, and, and on that roster was Mary J. Blige and Puffy and, and Heavy D and Jodeci and and I'll be sure and a number of other groups. So he was bringing this new flavor uh, over to Motown. So it was more of an urban urban esque type of label than mm -hmm. the, the traditional Motown vibe. But you know, look, it was a great experience for us, and that's what we wanted to be signed. We wanted to have that sort of credibility to our group and so it was a true honor uh to be mm -hmm. signed there and andre was fantastic for giving us a chance absolutely and considering that you guys really weren't an urban group was it a little bit of an odd fit it was i, I mean look we, we had been uh heavily influenced by you know the black culture and urban music i mean certainly we we're huge fans and 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 honored that you know that genre of music uh in a number of different ways, but they wanted to lean a lot more urban than than we wanted to go with our image. So yeah, there was a little bit of a struggle with regards mm -hmm. to, to the imaging of the group, especially in the first few years. I mean, they yeah. they wanted us to work with a lot of the urban producers, which we loved. All that stuff was great. I mean, we enjoyed those experiences, but we didn't think that people would buy into us, you know, trying to be something we weren't or mm -hmm. trying to certain, sing a certain type of genre of music that really didn't fit us as people. And you know, look, we tried tried to do that uh, and, and we were in, in a couple of different sectors that people rejected it. So they didn't want to be fooled by us. It did take someone else coming in and, and really getting an understanding for us and our sound and our personalities to really get that vision out there. Yeah. Was it easier to break out overseas than it was here? Was it a different market? It was. I mean, and, and look, I mean, you always want to, you know, the U.S. is the market, right? You're like, oh, we need to break, you know, the U.S. or we're not legit. And, you know, people forget that the, the although the U.S. is like the number one market in the world, there's an entire, you know, rest of the planet that loves music. So, uh, you know, we did come out and we did have a hit, but we hadn't broken. And so mm -hmm. uh, for us, it was we need to figure out what we what we can do before we get dropped. We weren't selling a lot of albums, although we had a top 10 single on a number of charts. So what we did was we wrapped the Winnebago with our pictures on it and drove up into Canada. And basically, you know, the Backstreet Boys were selling out everywhere and we were following that tour around, uh, basically, you know, letting people know we were a similar type of group. Mm -hmm. And just driving up places and handing out swag and T-shirts and postcards and singing a cappella. And the Canadian market embraced us. I mean, they ended up putting us on national television, mm -hmm. a number of different channels like CTV and Much Music, which is their version of MTV, or Music Plus, which is the French-Canadian version of MTV. And then, you know, we exploded there. Our album became multi-platinum there. Then we decided yeah. to go to Southeast Asia, replicated that sort of plan there and then took the momentum and energy from all that back to the United States with a proven track record that folks like actually liked us and then re, you know saying uh, created another album and then you know that's when you know, we sort of get got that marketing machine behind us in the United States absolutely so how did you guys differentiate yourself from other similar groups in the market I mean obviously NSYNC and Backstreet Boys were very popular at the time that you were gaining traction what were some of the key differences and differentiations 
Well, we thought we were more of a harmony-based group, although those guys are extremely talented. Both yeah. we were friends with both of those groups and, and have a, a lot of respect and admiration for their success. And heck, man, I mean, we were we were hoping we could have a fraction of their success. And um, but you know, we we felt like we were we did lean a little bit more R and B, more balladeers, more vocally. Yeah. Uh, so, sort of heavy. We definitely aren't dancers. Anyway, those us knows that. But uh, we thought our sound was a little bit different. And was, although, you know, look, urban the urban sound influenced those groups as well. We thought we leaned a little more R&B. Yeah. So you guys all basically got to know each other and formed your group, whereas a lot of groups nowadays are manufactured, especially by talent shows like American Idol, X Factor, whatever. Do you think that was a huge advantage for you guys organically growing? Yeah, I think just the experience, everybody that lives and breathes in this business has a unique experience, but I think ours was was different because we really had to believe in each other and we had to get to know each other. I mean, obviously Nick and Drew, they're brothers, so they know each other, you know, through and through and they've, they've known Justin forever, but I was just sort of the outside guy with a whole different set of circumstances and a different, you know, family and a diff- grew up in a different area. So it, as we were going through the business and living together and becoming friends and figuring out our sound, it, it really poses a challenge for us to learn fast and, and figure yeah. out how to adapt to each other and how to become businessmen together and how to become friends. And yeah. so we, we feel like we had some more, you know, even more extraordinary circumstances than some of the other bands. Uh, although everybody goes through high highs and low lows, we just felt like it was kind of us against the world. We didn't really have a great team around us uh, at any particular time. It was like, okay, this guy's gone. Now we got to bring this guy in. And so we never had consistency with regards to some of those business elements that are very important. Your management team, your business management team, your lawyers, your, your labels, all those things have to be in some pot. And we never had one of those things to go in the right way. Wow. So really, we became you know close uh, close by default. We had to, and so yeah, absolutely. that 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 sort of gave us a good bond. That's great. So let's talk about collaborations. That's hugely important, not only in music, but in business as well. You got to work with Stevie Wonder and Mariah Carey. Those are two of my favorite artists. I'd love to hear how some of that happened. Well, gosh, I mean, with, with regards to, to Stevie, I mean, we're a huge fan of, of his, of course. Uh, who is it? But uh, right. we got approached to to do, we were on tour and got approached to do the Disney soundtrack for Mulan, uh, mm-hmm. the animated feature film. And they, they had said, Stevie is on it and you guys want to do it. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, when can we get in the studio? You know, it was how fast. Uh, and, you know, with those those types of things, you don't always get to spend time with the person you're collaborating with. So we didn't get to go in the studio with Stevie. He recorded his part separately, but we did get to do a video with him. And he was just an amazing guy, doing music the whole time, had keyboard in his trailer, uh, played the harmonica on the set the whole time, sang with mm-hmm. us. It was just, a, you know, another one of those extraordinary, you know, mind boggling experiences that seems like a dream come true and, and is better than a dream. And, and he was just great. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And, and, and Mariah was a, uh, another one that was great for us. I mean, uh, she's known for doing collaborations. She collaborated with Boys and Men. So it was natural for us to say yes to that. And, and that was really our only number one song. We had a few top fives, but that was our number one song. You know, we still don't really count it because it's not our song, but, uh, you know, we're on it with her. And. Um, you know, she was a joy to work with too. I mean, totally cool. Despite what people have to say about her, she was a joy to work with as well. That's great. Who would you like to collaborate with that you haven't worked with yet? Do you have a bucket list for that? Oh man, the list is long. I mean, I love Bruno Mars and of course, Brian McKnight is incredible. We've oh my gosh. To work yes. with him and had a couple of opportunities that sort of fell through the cracks. Uh, you know, I love Ed Sheeran. I mean, mm-hmm. 
just so many great young talented people out there that I'm a fan of you know I'd love for us to do something with Drake I mean I'm, I'm naming a bunch of current contemporary folks yeah. but uh, you know Ariana Grande is incredible. I love to work with Christina. Any of these really yeah. pristine vocalists, it, it, it'd yeah. be a joy to work with them. Absolutely. So what happens when the media decides not to give you the same exposure as you're used to? Yeah, I mean, look, that happened in 2001. They, they were sick of the, the boy band pop era, and they sort of, sort of legitimately got, made a conscious decision to go in a different direction. So, you know, seemingly overnight, as fast as we came in, it was, looked like we were going out. So I think the long, longevity is how you can adapt to, to through the times and persevere through the times, and then it comes back around. It's cyclical. So, you know, now all those folks that were interns or just starting out in radio at the time – uh, they're all back in positions of power and they're fans and friends of ours. So, yeah. so for us, you know, it's just a matter of having the right project and then they'll lend themselves their format for exposure for us. So it was hard. And yes, the, the media is fickle on what they decide they're going to embrace and what they're not. But you know what? You find ways to pivot and recreate yourself and, and keep at it and then it'll come back around. Absolutely. So let's talk about the business side of this a little bit. When you guys were just starting out, were you familiar with the idea of publishing rights and royalties? I mean, you really had to trust your manager and your record company, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and guess what? You know, you can't always do that. So you know, it was a learning process for us. I mean, right. we didn't know about publishing and royalties and all of those things that are, you know, they end up becoming your lifeline after you're you're not popular anymore, right? right. Those are the things that enable you to, to survive and and, uh, and that they present. Yeah, you opportunities to do do uh, other creative things, but becoming that you know steady revenue stream, that mailbox money, so to speak. But no, we we weren't educated on that, and those around us at that particular time uh, didn't want to educate us on that. No. They wanted to keep us on the road, keep us busy, and and have us you know kind of living in fear. There goes that that fear factor you were talking about mm -hmm. uh, before. Uh, you know just. Hey, somebody's on your tails. You got to keep working. Don't take any time. Just sign this here, sign this here, and we'll take care of it for you. And we found out that that was a mistake. So it's always important to, you know, even though it might be tedious and you want to get up on stage or you want to get in the studio or you want to get in front of the camera, is to pull out those contracts and educate yourself yeah. about how that stuff works because that's the stuff that's really, really ends up being equally, if not more important. Absolutely. So in regard to the fame side of this, when you become very recognizable, how do you stay grounded and not let your ego blow completely up? Well, I think a lot of it's how you're raised. You know, my, my yeah. parents were very uh, you know, cognizant of making sure that we were humble growing up. And, and, and certainly you can the, the things that happen to you can, you know, it, it can skew you in a different direction if you actually believe it. But at the end of the day, you look at yourself in the face and you go, what is real and what isn't? Uh, you know, two days ago, nobody knew me. Two days later, everybody knows me. And there's there's something that's very you know unrealistic about all that stuff. So if you have the proper perspective on it and, you know, you you absolutely want to be a people person and, and, and uh, have longevity at all, you have to remain humble. And I think that's another key uh, to success as well as the humility portion of it. Embrace the success. Love it. But stay humble. Absolutely. we got about a minute left. Fame and temptation can be a big downfall for people if you're not ready for it. How did you deal with all of that? 
Well, not well. Sometimes not well. I mean, I, I think better than most. Better than mm -hmm. most. Not as not as good as I would have liked to. I mean, it's right. Everything's right there, you know, for you. It, and so you can indulge a lot. I'm not necessarily talking about like drugs and alcohol, but just right. just the excess of the way you can do things. And and uh, you know, so so I think that it, it takes a little bit of experience before you you know realize what your own borders and guidelines are, and then you know you, you quickly snap back into place uh, to your own boundaries. Absolutely. This is Success Profiles Radio. We are with Jeff Timmons from 98 Degrees. We will talk more about the group and we'll talk about his business interests outside the group when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. I cannot wait to unravel a lot more with my very special guest, Jeff Timmons. We'll be right back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. It's Marching Do women need larger parking spaces? The owners of the Togla Rest Stop in southeastern China think so. They have created a number of parking spaces that are 50% larger, designated for female drivers, with the international symbol for women and outlined in pink. When asked by a Chinese newspaper why they felt the need to enlarge the parking spaces for women drivers, a lot manager explained that they observed female drivers having a difficult time parking, which slowed down the order of traffic. I admit I'm a bit of a baby bummel or bungler when it comes to parking, but is this really necessary? Actually, I was complimented on my parking the other day. Someone left a note that said, parking, fine. It's Marching Day I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is XX Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Jeff Timmons, and we are talking about 98 Degrees, his career in the group, his career outside the group. And if you have not subscribed to Success Profiles Magazine, you can go to Success profilesmagazine.com. You can get a seven-day trial for a dollar. You can read every single issue we've ever done. And the three-year anniversary is coming out in the next week or two. I cannot wait to share that with you. So, Jeff, let me ask you. You never know how long the window of opportunity is open. So what do you do to maximize your momentum while you have it? Well, I, you know, look, you, you have to um, utilize all the resources and relationships that you make and cultivate throughout the years. Fortunately for me, I have 25 five years of those. So, you know, you know, as long as you maintain friendships, you know, behind the scenes is very important for me. So I love to make music and stay in the studio. And, you know, when you get the, the, the positive of that marketing, that great marketing machine, when you're a quote unquote boy bander, as mm -hmm. folks think that you're put together and you don't write any music and all this stuff. So I like to spend a lot of my time in the studio, whether writing for, you know, television shows or game video games or commercials or for other artists. So 
what I had to do was go ahead and find out how to make placements and who does this and sales teams and sync licensing and all these, you know, sort of boring things when you're an artist. But uh, I think that, you know, you got to capitalize on every relationship, really educate yourself, read as much as you can, take in as much as you can on all aspects of the business and, you know, and then diversify yourself. You know, I've done some yeah. unscripted things. I'm now getting into some scripted things, uh, possibly a podcast coming up, um, you know, creating a, a possible TRL sort of chart show that's going to be run out of here out of Vegas, creating a tech, tech platform with some amazing savvy tech programmers so artists and fans can engage with each other and artists can you know capitalize on more revenue streams that exist outside of YouTube and, yeah. and Instagram and, and things that don't really pay you for your content so you just keep yourself busy and, and you work smarter and harder yeah in fact I'm glad you mentioned some of that too because I think when people think of musicians and artists they think of the performing on stage think about recording in the studio but there's a lot of really unglamorous stuff that has to happen too right well look I mean a lot of it is the promotional aspect when you're on the road you know look we didn't start off in private jets we started off in a Winnebago driving ourselves around from city to city take you know going to every radio station in the country hoping they'll play our records uh, you know, singing for for them for free, you know, doing shows for years for free. Um, the I'd say the promotional aspect of our career took a good five years before we made any money. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and that comes along with it. I mean, that's part of it. We knew it was going to come and happen, but we knew we had to put in the work. And uh, yeah, there are a lot, not a lot of things that are, that are glamorous, but when you look back and you're in the, you know, the red roof in, or, you know, one of, one of these hotel comfort in, in the four you were stuffed in a room that's, you know, $39 a night and you're going, when are we get? when's the big stuff going to happen? When right. are we to, to the four seasons, you know, you kind of go, all right, well, look. Hey, we're not working a nine to five job. You know, my friend just got laid off in Ohio and doesn't know how he's going to feed his family. So you got to go. Hey, we're, we're we're doing music, man. We're, this is a this is a, a luxury and it's a once once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. So any group reaches a point where there may be tensions, or perhaps more importantly, there may be outside interests. I know the Beatles experienced both of those things. There were tensions in the group and they all had interests outside the group that were developing. Did you find that to be true for you? How did you decide it was time to take a break? I think it happens with every group. It yeah. doesn't matter how close you are. I mean, you, you see groups with brothers in them. I mean, I watched the Bee Gees documentary, right? And, and yeah. those guys uh, loved each other. <laughs> we're brothers. And, and, you know, two of those guys were always at their at, at each other's throats. So the Gallagher's from uh, Oasis, right? I mean, yep. it's, it, or Black Crows. I mean, the list goes on. So, so it happens to every group. It's just sort of... Uh, it's the way the, the landscape of the business is. It's, a, it's an intense business, and then you've got creative people who, who are very intense on top of it. And then, you know, look, you, you, the, the spoils and the riches that are supposed to come with it, a lot of people take those away from you. So it, it, it's a very intense business and can be frustrating. And, for, and, and look, it, it wasn't lost on us. I mean, there was, a, there was some tension in our group as well. And, you know, look, also, people trying to pull us in a million different directions at once. We didn't consciously make a decision to, to part ways. We were doing uh, the Michael Jackson special in, uh, on September 10th, 2001 in New York City. Of course, everybody knows September 11th was the next day. Nobody right. knew what was going to happen. Uh, we had a couple of dates left on our, on our world tour that we were doing. And so we were scared and wanted to be home with our families and loved ones uh, during that sort of rocky time. And we kind of went separate ways and didn't get back together for many years. We just stayed away. Um, so really, you know, 9-11 decided it for us and, you know, we were burnt out. We needed a yeah. break 
from each other and from the business. And, it, you know, look, the, however long it took, now we have more fun than ever. We love each other more than ever. And it's it, we're having more, you know, it's been more enjoyable of an experience. And I think we're better than we were yeah. back then. So um, it's just everything happens for that, you know, for a reason. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that you had people pulling you in a million different directions. Some people want a piece of you if they think they can get it. So how do you know who you could trust? You really don't. I mean, it's really, really hard to, to figure that out because, you know, when it, it's such a world when when you're when you're on top, like we were uh, in the late early late 90s, early 2000s that, you know, we didn't know what was real anymore because people around us started to change. We really tried to keep ourselves humble and grounded and we kept each other in check no matter what. Yeah. But it was it was crazy to see people around you changing, like people that were your friends that you grew up with or your family members that are acting different. So it's like, wait a second, everybody else is changing and we're not here. So it's really tough to decide what's real and what's not with regards to people you know. And then it's really hard to, to decide who really has your interest in hand with people you don't know. So I wish there was a, a, a sort of a, you know sort of crystal ball or a way you could see clearly or I could give people advice on it. But I think at the end of the day, you know, your instinct, your gut instinct tells you. And yeah. you might not want to listen to it, right? You, you might go, well, that guy's bad, bad too. Well, that guy's bad too. Well, this girl's bad too. And everybody seems bad. And guess what? You know, they have the bad intentions. And then look, I think at the end of the day, you end up coming across people that may have a longer term vision for you and may not tell you something you want to hear. And you're going to have to decide that, yeah, that person has a longer term vision. It might take longer. It might be, make me still work hard, but you know, it, it's a longer path, but they're the ones that I need to be around. And, and that's a decision you have to make with your gut. Yeah. And building relationships is important in music, also in business in general. I, I believe, and I know you do too, in the importance of being really good to people on your way up because you don't know when you might actually need them. Well, there's, there's no question about it. And, and again, be, I think a lot of it has to do with intention too. So yeah, great being good to people on the way up because you want to be good to them on the way up is one thing, but being good to them on the way up because you might see them on the way down is another thing. Mm -hmm. So I think you got to try to be, I mean, obviously you want to make good business decisions and create good relationships and network. But I think, you know, the more legitimate and true and real real you are as a person to those people on the way up, the more they're going to embrace you on the way down. And I've seen that in my career. I mean, I, there's no way uh, I would be able to still be doing anything this many years later if right. I didn't have a bunch of people out there that I made friends with on the way up that have yeah. been there for me going back down and now on the way back up. And yeah. so I think it's the utmost importance that you go in and treat people the way you want to be treated regardless of what future results will be. You get, right. again, another one of those blind faith things. You know, I'm just going to be a good person. And if it does me justice on the way down or when I encounter this person, uh, again, great. But it shouldn't be the factor causing you to be good to someone. Right. And the other piece of that, too, is being good to people on their way up. I would imagine that early in your career you were meeting interns and, and people who didn't have a ton of authority at Motown. But now, you know, 15, 20 years later, they're, they're, they have positions of power now. And boy, aren't you glad you met them when you did? Yeah, I think about that a lot. I'm like, wow, that's pretty crazy. And, and this person that might not have been able to get into the party because they didn't have credentials. And I remembered, oh, she was sweet and got the person interviewing us coffee. Let's let let's get her in, you know, or get him in, or or you know, do something for somebody, you know, just to be nice. And and I think that, that those things always, you know, no good 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 deed goes, uh, you know, unrewarded. I think. And and for me, uh, I I think that. Uh, 
somebody gives somebody a shot at some point, right? right? You don't just end up at the top magically. There's always someone that believes in you or gives you a shot or or gives you a chance or or sees something in you that you might not even see. And so I think that you know naturally it's that pay pay it forward thing. Uh, and all you know, people roll their eyes and think this stuff is corny. But I've seen it. I've seen it happen and lived it and seen people you know behave certain ways and behave other ways. And I think that you know I would I would 100 percent encourage anybody to treat somebody the way they would like to be treated because uh, you know even if you don't see the immediate reward you're doing something for someone that's going to inspire them to do something for someone else absolutely let's talk about your business interests outside of 98 degrees you produce tv shows you've had a solo album tell us a little bit about that well, I mean, like the, the first solo album I had was, a, you know, an experience. That, you know, I wish I would have sold millions of copies, but it was at that time when, when um, you know, we, the business had sort of said no more pop stuff. But it was a great experience and, and, and exercise for me in the studio by myself. So that was a great experience, just learning my way around the studio without super producers in there uh, doing everything and me peeking over their shoulder the whole time. So I thoroughly enjoyed that experience, and that led me to do – uh, a lot of different things for a lot of different musicians and, and play songs and things of that nature. And, and then on the TV side of things, I had a couple of ideas and we're able to see those to come, in, come into fruition and learning there as well. I have a whole slate of shows, fortunately, that are going to be coming out in the next year or two, you know, provided that, you know, that it's safe to film again once COVID is, is, is subsided. And then, you know, just like in general, like curating content and doing different things uh, for other artists and, you know, just becoming an entrepreneur with regards to marketing uh, and promotion and different types of businesses has always fascinated me uh, because what it does is, you know, the, the, the revenue and income streams that I make from that stuff enable me to sit around in my studio and pluck around on the keys all day long. Yeah. Would you want to own your own recording studio or your own, I mean, your own recording label? You know, look, I, I think it all melds together, but I think, yes, so multimedia company, I, I, I shy away from the word record label because people don't exactly love the, the idea of record labels, sure. but providing other artists an, an outlet to get their music out there and creating yeah. it with them, absolutely. Fantastic. We've got a minute or so to our final break. What have you learned about yourself by taking on these extra projects outside of the group? Well, I learned that you have the capacity to do more than you think you can. So I, anytime I, I feel overwhelmed, it, it's really just about getting a little bit of sleep. I don't sleep that much, but it's usually just get a, a little bit of sleep, recharge your batteries, and you can take on as as much as you – more than you think you can. And I think there are plenty of hours in the day. It's just about you know managing your, your bandwidth and, and dedicating the proper time and uh, energy to, towards each project the right way. Absolutely. We are coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. I'm talking with Jeff Timmons from 98 Degrees. We're talking about his career inside the group and outside the group, and we're going to take it home. Down the stretch we come when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will come right back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. 
When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Down the stretch we come. And my special guest this week is Jeff Timmons from 98 Degrees. If you've not picked up my latest book, Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2, it is on Amazon. I'd love for you to pick that up. It's amazing and fantastic. And it's not just because... I wrote it, but because of the amazing people I got to interview on my show that I got to collect their wisdom and sit at their feet for an hour at a time and just learn lots and lots of amazing stuff. You will not regret it. So, Jeff, I would love to ask, because there are so many demands on your time, how do you decide to say what to say, what to say yes to and what to say no to? It's really hard because I used to say yes to everything. Yes. <laughs> and then I met my wife and she's like, you can't do this and you can't do that because, you know, you know, you're wasting a lot of your time. And it, and it wasn't necessarily having to do with people, but certain projects uh, that I, I just have trouble, had trouble in the past saying, no, no, you just have to prioritize what's going to be best for you and your family and the projects you're involved with. You know, the, the goal is to be successful with everything. So if you just say yes to everything and spread yourself too thin, then you don't have the ability to see all those uh, projects come into uh fruition in a successful manner. So I think it's just a matter of prioritizing certain things at certain different times. Fantastic. Keeping a positive mindset is really, really important, especially because the world likes to beat you down, especially when you are all the way up. So how do you set up your day for success? Well, look, I, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I read this thing, The Artist, way years ago, and I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins' book. Yes. So I like to write things down. I usually start my day off by getting up really early, drinking a bunch of coffee, getting on the treadmill, running, get my blood going, and then I'll write that down the goals for the day uh, yeah. in, in, a, in a notebook or a journal. And I don't go back and read all of them. I just sort of stream of conscious, get it out there, put it out into the universe, what I want to do for that particular day, what I'd like to achieve. So I think that a good way to start your day is get your body going, get your mindset right, and absolutely stay positive no matter what. Absolutely. So you stay really productive because you crank out a lot of material. What are some of your favorite productivity tips? What makes you effective? Well, look, finding that time of the day when you vibe and, and you, you know, it's a lot about a lot of it has to do with your physiology, physiology as much as it has to do with your mentality. And there are certain times of day when you're most productive. For me, it's at night when everybody's asleep. I just vibe out at night. I create at night. I like to write at night. I like to produce at night. I like to come up with thoughts and ideas at night. Um, you know, so I think it's about finding your when you're in simpatico with your own physiology, physiology in your body. And I think that that's one of the really important things that you have to kind of get in tune with yourself and find out when you're most productive. Absolutely. How important is gratitude for you? It's very important. And I know it's hard, especially when times are tough, yeah. uh, when you might not get that gig you want or not might not be making the money or have a health setback. But I, I think that, you know, when you're above ground living and breathing and and you're able to, you know, uh, enjoy the this world and, and your families and you have another day, uh, it's important to express gratitude. And, and I know it's tough sometimes and it, it's tough for everybody. But I think, you know, there's always somebody off that, that's somebody out there that's worse off than you. And you just have to think about uh, the luxuries that you have in your life and express thanks for them. 
Absolutely. Nick and Drew did Dancing with the Stars. Is that something you want to do? You know what? I would love to do it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm the, the most challenged dancer in the group, which is not good. But uh-huh. Drew won. Uh, he won when he did his. Mm-hmm. I, I would love the opportunity to do it. I think that I'm such an obsessive person with work ethic that I just might finally, finally be able to dance. Wow. If you had a dream partner on that show out of all those professional dancers, is there one that you think you would do best with? I don't I don't have one in particular that I think I would uh, I would jive best with. But I wouldn't someone that's whoever's the most patient behind the scenes. That would have to be my partner. Absolutely. What brought 98 degrees back together? Because I know you did a Christmas tour last year. Yeah, we did. We did a couple Christmas tours. We did that uh, tour that you mentioned with Boys the Men and New Kids, which was uh, you know, our first big tour back. I think we just missed it. We missed each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to give it a shot. Uh, we had all been having success in our own respect outside of the group, and it just was time. I mean, we uh, we tried our, uh, our our first gig together at this big festival called Mixtape, and we were like, if they like it, cool. We'll go back and maybe explore it. If they don't, well, we know we're, we're washed up. <laughs> and thankfully, the crowd was amazing. It was almost like we never left. And, you know, we've been touring uh, uh, pretty, pretty uh, steadily ever since for the last seven years and enjoyed every minute of it. So we're going to keep doing it until people don't want to see us anymore. Sure. What kinds of adjustments did you have to make when the pandemic hit? A lot. I mean, we had 40 plus dates on the books. So, of course, those all went away and got moved uh, to this coming year. And, you know, we do, we don't even know when we'll be able to go do those. But, um, you know, you just kind of pivot and start, start to focus on other projects that you might have been putting on the back burner. And, and for me, uh, although a pandemic's been horrible, COVID's terrible, uh, the, the, the half glass full way to look at it is now I've been able to spend time on some of these projects and other opportunities that I had been kind of putting on the back burner. Yeah. What would be your best advice to a younger artist who's trying to get started? Work as hard as you can. I mean, uh, t- tune out the naysayers. Self-belief is the most important thing. Um, you know, work, work as hard as you possibly can and have a lot of faith. And again, uh, that gratitude comes into it. So it's hard work, faith, gratitude, and, you know, definitely turn the negative out no matter what. Absolutely. What do you think is your big superpower? Um, I think, um, I think my self-belief is, is my superpower. Some people would call it confidence, borderline cockiness, but for me, I think that, you know, I've been the underdog most of my life on a lot of things that I've wanted to achieve and been very blessed and fortunate to have opportunities to uh, over exceed my expectations in a lot of those things. And I think a lot of it is because I have self-belief and a lot of faith. I love that. And some of the most successful people that I've interviewed on this show have indicated in one way or another that an unbreakable belief in themselves is really, really a big, big key. That along with having a strong burning desire and a passion for what you do. So I love that answer. Thank you. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest risk you've ever taken in business and has it worked out? And not all of them have worked out. I've invested money in a lot of things and and looked fallen down quite a few times and gotten up from from all of them, fortunately. But not all of them are hits. I mean, not every time a baseball player gets up there, he he makes a hit, right? Success is one third or a a fourth or something like that. Those guys Mm -hmm. are considered successes. So I've had a couple risks where I've invested finances in things and they haven't panned out. And and it's either because I just didn't do it the right way and ignored gut instincts on a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that could be with regards to partners on things mm-hmm. uh, because I wanted it to happen so much. But it's taught those have all taught me a lot to be a more mm-hmm. efficient business. Yeah. What do very few people know about you that might surprise us? 
I don't know. There's a lot out there about about us in the group, and you know, you can find almost anything. I just think mm -hmm. that. I, I don't think a lot of people know that I compose music. I think that, you know, a lot of people see me, you know, on stage or promoting different things. And I have a really great relationship with the media. So they assume that I'm a, in front of the scenes guy. But I very much enjoy being behind the scenes and being at home. I love being at home with my family. So here's one of my new favorite questions. You are getting ready to attack the Death Star and you were on your final approach. What song are you cranking? Oh, man. Um... It's got to be some something with ACDC or something like that. You know, Back in Black or, you know. Thunderstruck. Uh, well, well, yeah, exactly. That, that's it. One of those, one of those jams by ACDC or, or, or Metallica song. So yeah. it's got to be something heavy. Yeah, those things come out first when I ask that question. My personal song would be Tom Sawyer by Rush. Jam. Those guys. Oh, man. And, and you, Neil Peart was a, a fan of ours, believe it or not. He came wow. to our shows and I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> wow. So, that, that's I, great. I, I love that answer. And, and tailing off of that, you said Neil Peart was a fan and you were surprised. Have you heard any other uh, people that you've looked up to that have said, hey, I'm a big fan of your work and how did it make you feel? Well, you know, recently I met, I think it was about a year ago, Mar Marin Morris who I'm a fan of now, and she's young and beautiful and killing it on the radio. She came up, she's like, I'm such a fan. I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, great. I'm a fan of yours, too. So uh, that's happened a couple of times, and I just try to act cool, but I've never really been good at acting cool. Yeah. So what influential book or mentor have you encountered that's helped you? Uh, any of the Tony Robbins books, I can go on and on. I mean, uh, Dan Milman's books are all good. Way of the Peaceful Warrior is great. Uh, all the Ogmandino books, you know, uh, uh, those are, I, I, the, I mean, so many books. The Master Key System, Wallace, yes. Wallace E. Waddle's books, Napoleon Hill. I mean, there's so many of those books out there. The Science of Getting Rich. Master yep. Key System is probably my favorite one. Yeah, that's a good one. And and Tony Robbins, of course, is legendary. I, I love I interviewed his son, Jarek, on my show a few years ago. Really, really great guy. I mean, yeah. I met Jarek when he was a little kid. I mean, Tony, that's another one. He came to the show in San Diego uh, when, when Jarek was a little kid. And he was like, uh, we're fans of yours. And I'm like, really? You don't understand. I was sitting in a, in a security house writing all my goals down <laughs> to your books. And all of them came true. And then he had me do an infomercial for him. So it was really interesting. That's fantastic. What is the scariest thing you've ever done? Uh, I think joining the Chippendales as a host. I mean, I, I thought it would have a, a lot of negative backlash that people would think I'm a stripper. Uh, but that was one of the best experiences uh, of my life. I loved hosting that show. Uh, it was a well put together show. It, it, it was the catalyst for me creating Men of the Strip, which also was a successful show. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly was the predecessor, uh, you know, came out before Magic Mike came out. And then when Channing Tatum came out, all, that whole genre right. blew up. But uh, I was afraid to do it. It was days before. I was, and I was just hosting. I mean, I wasn't yeah. dancing in the show, although it's a well put together show. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, this is going to kill my career. And all it did was help me. Wonderful. Was there a musical component to that, too? Oh, 100 percent. I mean, it, there's a ton, there's a ton of music, really well put together choreography. It's a it's a Vegas show. It's not like, you know, just dollars and G strings. It's a really right. cool thing. And then, you know, look, we created even a more souped up version of that with Men of the Strip, a more classic kind of uh, stage show with really great choreographers and, and talent. Fantastic. If you could talk to the 18 year old version of yourself, what would you tell him? Uh, don't be so cocky. Um, learn as much as you can um, and listen to other people more. Otherwise, follow your gut. Wow, that's great. Any bucket list items that you have not fulfilled yet? 
There are so many I can't list. <laughs> I, I would love to, uh, to to have a really, really well-respected uh, movie out there that people like and, and inspires. Wow, that's fantastic. So the question I ask everyone toward the end of the show, Jeff, who inspires and motivates you? You know, I, I was, was always really motivated by my father, who was a big success and everybody respected, and, the, and it still goes the same today. And really, anybody that um, overcomes the odds and believes in themselves and treats everybody with respect and inspiration to me. Fantastic. And so how can we find you? How can we try with you and vibe with you? Any of the socials. I'm on all of them, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, really good about being in touch with my fans and look out for any of the 98 degree stuff. And I've got a lot of projects on the horizon and hope everybody enjoys everything. Oh, Jeff, it was such an honor to have you here. Thank you for being here, my friend. It was fun. Honored to be on, Brian. Thanks so much. And congrats on all your success and continued success to you. Thank you so much. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. And join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons that we can extract from their journeys. And so as we approach the holiday season, I hope you find things to be grateful for. It's so important. Gratitude is the start of everything. That's what I say all the time. So thanks for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. And you all have yourselves a fantastic week. Until next time, be good. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.